Welcome to Off the Deck. This is game number 44. On the tee, Ben Swanton. On the tee, Ryan Keeney. Welcome to Off The Deck Golf Podcast with me, Ryan Keeney, and my co-host, Ben Swanton. Hi, Ben. Hey, Ryan. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. Uh, how is the weather with you? Because it's a bit a bit miserable here. Uh, well, the, we've got showers at the minute. Uh, okay. May showers, and it is literally a deluge, so you might hear it because it's apparently getting hailstones hellsto- tonight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's been funny. It's like beautiful yeah. sunshine, and then, you know, 20 minutes of showers, and it buggers off again, so... Uh, yeah, it is a it's a big big weekend golf, and I've I've been uh, staring at my weather app for the last probably five or six days, and yeah, you know, not not because of Kew Island or whatever's going on at the PGA Championship, but because I'm playing the old course, and I just oh. need the rain to stay away. Yes. That's all I care about. What day? What day is uh, it? Again? Friday morning. Oh, I'll be at Hadley Woods in the afternoon. All right. All yeah. Right. So I'm not quite I'm not quite up here with the old course, but uh, I've also been looking at the weather app. And it's 40 mile an hour. It's a, this is the pro am that I do every year. I love, oh, yeah. absolutely love this event. It's a great event. Um, it's normally pristine conditions, weather's glorious. It is 40 mile an hour winds and two raindrops at the minute. Uh, okay, we've got we've got a moderate breeze, um, which is in the 20, and one raindrop. So. That's all right. That'll be yeah. I mean, there's there's a part of me. So I've I've played the old course once before, and that was glorious sunshine and a bit of a breeze. And I I played pretty well, played to my handicap. So yeah, I don't you know I don't necessarily want the full blown off the face of the planet kind of experience. <laughs> but yeah, if it's going to mess with me, um, I think I can I think I can handle it. Of course, in the the world of professional golf, um, it is the PGA Championship, the second men's major of the year. Um, we're off to Keogh Island's Ocean Course, a, a peat-designed uh, monster of a golf course. I think they're going to be playing it out at 7,500 yards to make it the longest course in men's major golf, because of course they are. Um, yeah, and promises a bit of a treat, I think. It could, should just be a... It's a kind of fun, picturesque golf course, if nothing else. Yeah, it's a sort of golf course, I think. Um, us, the amateur... Uh, it, it would scare the living daylights out of us. Um, and as a pro, I think, as a spectator sport, I think it would be a great one. Well, it's going to be a great one for us to watch as long as the uh, the wind behaves itself and comes up um, and throws a few uh, few curveballs at the pros. But uh, I think it'll be a really, really interesting week. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, so I think that, yeah, so the championship tees can be stretched out to 7,800 <laughs> yards. I think, so they've got championship tournament, ocean which are 6,700, die, which are 6,400. That's pro- I think that's probably where I'd net out. Or oh, then the Kiowa tees, which are 6,200 yards. That's I think, depending on the weather, um, I'd play either the the three-up or the four-up, um, to be brutally honest with you. Yeah. Uh, you'd, be, you'd be playing up all day, uh, for sure, if, yeah. you, want to, if yeah. you want to enjoy it. Because I, um, I think it's relatively playable from the tee, um, for yeah. for us amateurs, but I think it's it's on the greens and all the greens are raised, 
um, and challenging sort of runoffs and everything else. So I think it would be uh, uh, it would test our short game. Get your hybrid putter out. Yeah. So we yeah we uh, obviously this is uh, the return to Kiowa for the PGA Championship since 2012. When a certain bookies' favourite and top price player in the DraftKings and and podcast favourite Rory McIlroy uh, romped away to victory, so I think David Lynn was second of five under and Rory shot a thirteen under total uh, to win, which it was pretty emphatic. And he, the week he won, he led the field in scrambling. So never, you know, never mind the the, the big drives and incredible putts and shooting thirteen under. It was it was his ability to get up and down. Yeah. Um, and, and save those pars, which which proved key, and I think it'll be it'll be similar this week. I think it, yeah, as as you've said, it's it's a PGA Championship, so they might have changed the layout. But anybody that has anybody that's been to a top tracer range um, in the UK or or I guess anywhere else, or played the smartphone game um, WGT, will probably be fairly familiar with the ocean the ocean course at yeah. Kiowa because it's. It's playable on both of those, and, and you'll kind of see shots where you go, "Oh yeah, yeah, I've kind of I've done this," or I've played the approach challenge on the the range at, at my local kind of top tracer. So, I think it's a course that people will be maybe more familiar with than than they possibly realise. Yeah, well, it was. I mean, the, this this course was born out of um, you know the Ryder Cup. Effectively, it was uh, you know nineteen eighty nine. Um, basically, the the, the PGA went to uh, went to Pete Dye and said, can you build us a course in two years uh, for the Ryder Cup? The Ryder Cup at that stage wasn't the Ryder Cup as we know it today. And so um, despite having a hurricane, I think Hurricane Hugo in 1989, um, they still managed to build a golf course from scratch. And the first ever tournament you know, ever held on there was, was the Ryder Cup. And that was a really uh, gripping Ryder Cup, which went down to the final putt of the final singles match with, Bernard Langer needing to hold a six-footer to uh, you know, retain the trophy he missed, and, and obviously the Americans won. But um, it just I think it was a golf course that created a lot of tension uh, for for that Ryder Cup, um, and has kind of gone on from strength to strength as a result of that. Um, I think it's changed obviously a little bit over the years just because of where it's based. But there's one thing that remains the same, which is you need to be able to play the you know your bunker shots. Oh, you need to play well out of the waste areas because there's waste areas everywhere. And I, I did see some highlights uh, last night on the Sky coverage of the of the PGA Tour, and they showed McElroy um, basically winning in 2012. And I mean, he got up and down so many times, played some unbelievable bunker shots. Um, I, and he's a great bunker player. So there's actually, when you think about it, you can sort of see see why he did well here but um i think short game is going to be really important this week i think ball striking in general but but short game is going to be key last thing on the course before we talk about why roy mackerel is going to win the shortest part (laughs) the short the shortest par three is 198 yards which is criminal it's just to two yeah yeah Yeah, but if you think about it for them that's only what a seven iron maybe even an eight iron no it's just but i don't I agree with you. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. It's it is insane. I don't even know how long how long is the seventeenth playing. I mean, that's just horrific because it's all over water. It's got to be two two thirty or something ridiculous. Two, I think it's two two twenty two twenty five. Yeah. It's yeah, kind right. of where it will be. But again, that's like a five iron for them. You know, five yeah. iron for you and me is like one eighty. 
Uh, on a good day, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or, Dine, yeah, yeah. that's if we hit it properly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Downhill, downwind, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's fun. No, I agree that's with you. That there's, the, I, I think, you know, we can have the distance debate all day long, but, you know, some of the best best par threes in the world, in, in particularly major golf, are the ones you get on some of the links courses like True, yeah. Yeah, the Postage Stamp Hole, oh, yeah. uh, Pebble, went, Pebble Beach as well. You know, seven I, went, Pebble I went exactly to the Postage Stamp in yeah. my, that's my defence of, of par threes. Yeah, it's such well, a such a lovely little hole. Yeah, well, and also Pebble Beach. Don't forget. I mean, that always creates some mm. crazy numbers as well. You don't have to be too far out there to be going over the back, and then you you're done for. So, yeah, look, I think it's it's a little bit frustrating. But what I will say about uh, you know Pete dies, not not all his par threes look the same, so they all have kind of slightly different challenges. That's the way he kind of operates. So, yeah. um, I agree with you. It'd be nice to have a little bit more diverse. Um, you know, it is what it's it is. Fun. What it is. Um, why? Why is Roy McIlroy going to, I guess, defend his Keel Island title? Why, you know, he won again at the Wells Fargo. Just seemed in a com- comfier place. It was one yeah. week, and it's it's only he's kind of that's one cut made since, uh, possibly the Arnold Palmer. But but he won, and yeah. it just yeah, just feels like we're we're seeing a, a comfortable Rory. Yeah, I mean, I think the. He obviously he's had the the coaching change and during that coaching change you also saw Brad Faxon, the putting coach, and Bob Rotella, the you know, the mindset guru, and he came back and, and won uh, a couple of weeks ago and um, looked pretty solid and I know he obviously bogeyed the last hole, but um, you know, he looked very solid tee to green. Uh, his wedges he looked in control of his wedges. I know Thursday was less good but he was sort of still suffering with a stiff neck by that stage. But just played really well and the putter behaved itself. I think, look, he's he's a confidence player. It was clear that his confidence and his, and probably as a result of all sorts of things around COVID and being a dad and you know, no fans there and everything else. I think probably all of that added up um, to him not quite feeling himself. And you know, the first time they have some proper fans around and he's had a bit of a break and worked on his swing a little bit. All of a sudden, he's come back. So he's going back to a place that he knows that he's won and dominated the field beforehand. Um, you know, if he can get off, to, if if he can get off to a decent start, which has been his nemesis in recent years, as that first round in the major, just absolutely poop in the bed, particularly at the Masters, but he's done it elsewhere at Royal Port Rush and and uh, and elsewhere. As long as he gets away on Thursday, um, I think I think he's got every chance of winning um, because he's a flusher. Um, when he gets hot, he just looks unbelievable, and I think. Um, I think he's got every uh, every chance, every chance of winning. I'm certainly, <laughs> I'm certainly wanting him to win. I, I was going to sit there and go backing him for my one and done, but I might also back Jordan Spieth. I've decided between which of those two, which found, sounds horrendous, considering if you go back and listen to what I've said about Jordan on this podcast. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, he's looking good. He's looking good, and I think it helps that maybe some of the other big dogs. Outside of Spieth, who else is playing really well at the minute? You've got Hovland, who's not won. Uh, I think he's going to be a threat. And then DJ, we don't know, know what's going on with him. He's been injured. He's not had a top 10 in, in months, I think since February, early February, at the Riviera. Um, Brooks is coming back from injury. Justin Thomas, I know one of the players, but he's, he has been a bit in and out of form. Morikawa um, uh, has not been doing a great deal. Um, again, he seems a bit in and out, but I wouldn't rule him out of this. Shoffle, is he ever going to win a major? 
you know, where do you go? Patrick Reed, possibly. Webb Simpson, no, don't see it this week. It's interesting. I I sort of feel like there's only a few people who could win, I think. Like, sort of setting up for a Rory versus Spieth. Yeah, it's, well, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's set up for, I mean, it's set up for two two types of golfer off the tee. It's either the guys that are super long, um, like Rory and DJ and Brooks, that won't have, you know, they'll give themselves short clubs into greens, or the guys that are just a little bit back, like Spieth, who's a bit more wayward, but can still get it out there, who's generally shown himself to be slightly stronger with the irons and, and a much more will get his approach so you know will get his approaches closer or um do a decent job kind of through the week of, of giving himself chances so it it's not that it rules you know it probably rules out some of the shorter hitters and like, i don't think rich beam is necessarily <laughs> too much of a chance um and and some of the others and you kind of and then you go through and and maybe some of the players that are still making their way in the European and the PGA Tour that have got in through WGR um, and, and others that are kind of around on status like like Jason Duffner and, and Harry Higgs and, and Andy Sullivan and uh, I had somebody else in mind whose name, of, of, and Aaron Rye um, all quite, you know, very good players and, and in a regular season tour event on, on the PGA Tour, the European Tour, capable of winning, but I think I think PGA Championships and major championships just the the bigger players are showing up there, preparing themselves to peak in these weeks and and thinking about things like you know there's there's the players that have taken a week off to get ready and there's the players that you know want to roll in having played the week before and played four rounds. However, it, it works for you. Yeah. I think it, it. I think there's a group of about fifteen. It, it correlates probably nicely to about fifteen names out of the top twenty in the world. Yeah. Um, and I think the I think unless we see something really wild with the weather, like if a thunderstorm rolls in on Friday afternoon and kind of um, changes up the course, I th- I can't see anybody outside of that that group um, necessarily winning this. Um, I'll go. I'll, I'll stretch it out to kind of top twenty six in the world because that's Spieth. Yeah. Um, at his limit, and yeah, but. I think it's among them. I think yeah. it's among them. I, like McElroy, I'm, I'm looking back and I, I was looking back at 2012. McElroy shot a 75 on, on Friday. That's um, when they had the weather, wasn't it? That was, a, the, that was one the day they had the weather. Yeah, and yeah. then um, it got rained off Saturday afternoon when he was halfway round and he was able to play his back nine in one under where some of the others around him on the leaderboard went slightly backwards. And then Sunday afternoon was just was just the McElroy show, um, and, and nobody was getting close to him. He started the day with a three shot lead, and I think he uh, was three on two under three three, um, so got to nine under and, and was just so far clear. Um, it was a really comfy run in for him. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, my my heart says McElroy, my head says. I don't know. I don't know. No, there's I just, think there's, there's I a think question that, mark about everybody. I think, yeah. Well, and that's that's what I kind of like about it. Um, I think it's really, it's a really interesting course because mm-hmm. I think you can't. It's definitely a course that you can't fake it. If you look at some of the, some of the PGA Championships that we've had in in sort of recent years. Um, 
like TPC Harding Park and you know, Quail Hollow and Bell Reef. Just, I think you can kind of not 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 fake it necessarily, but you are going to have to be striking the, the you know the bejesus out of your irons and stuff this week. I I just think that it requires you to play extremely good golf, and it looks like it looks like the weather is going to be relatively benign. Um, on Thursday, Friday, and the wind's going to pick up a little bit Saturday, and certainly on Sunday, it looks like it's going to be the strongest. So, I think we—I don't think there's going to be a pretender. Let's put it that way. I don't think there's going to be a pretender that comes through. It's whoever's playing the best golf. And I think, as you just touched on there, what's fascinating about right now is that you've got—you've got Jordan, who's clearly playing some excellent golf now, sustained golf for uh, two, two and a half months. Um, just extremely good golf but he still doesn't feel like he's all the way back you've got Rory who's just won um, and all of a sudden looks back to the Rory we sort of know know and love um, but it's only been one event and is that sustainable you've got Justin Thomas who's shown some form obviously won the players but again didn't look great down the stretch necessarily particularly with driver so how's that going to translate and if the wind does pick up how's that going to affect him um, and then there's, there's question marks on everybody. And I think that's what's really fascinating. I agree with you entirely that I don't think it's going to go outside that sort of top. I'd say top 30 because I'd, like I'd like to include Tommy Fleetwood in there. Uh, Tommy's yeah. showing a okay. little bit of form. And I think, again, obviously brought up playing in Southport, you know, Royal Burtdale, around Lynx, you know, Lynx Coast, up there in the northwest of England. I, I just i feel like somebody who can play in the wind and is striking the ball well is going to end up winning here and it's just it's really interesting victor hovland i think is a really really good shout this week yeah, i, I like i like him yeah i think the, the thing about uh, hovland and ram and a couple of others you kind of there's always that question mark of pressure or having never won a major before how will they they cope yeah. if they're they're in contention because we've I don't. I don't know if Ram was necessarily in contention at the twenty twenty Masters because DJ was had a lead, but on the par five eight the Masters, Ram topped the driver, topped his three wood, sorry, and Saturday and was in the trees. Yeah, Saturday, Saturday afternoon was in the trees and, and kind of battling, and and that seemed to to put pair to his charge when you you thought he was kind of keeping pace with them, and and it's just those players where you kind of think that this is a yeah this week is set up for somebody to be a first time winner um, like it's a you know at, at the same point that if Rory wins by 7 or 8 again uh, that would be fine um, Shoffley <laughs> Shoffley Shoffley I don't think has it I just I don't know I think you. I think this is where we're coming down in, in this podcast that I just I don't think Shoffley's going to win the big stuff I think he was going to win when nobody's paying attention Yeah. and he'll and he'll do very well but he's not going to win the big ones Kepka's knee is broken um, he's he's still not able to bend over, so he's just he's not there. Um, Matsuyama, no idea, um, no clue. He looked in pretty decent nick. Yeah, he was thirty um, ninth in his first first round yeah, back, wasn't he? Twelve under total is is fine. I mean, it was a a course for for making birdies, but yeah, it's um just kind of yeah. It was, I've I've been looking down through like betting odds and and just having a kind of shotgun approach to some of these things and, and picking players that are going to come through and it's just like yeah I, th- I think I could if I you know, if I wanted to you could make a case for everybody like Matsuyama's playing totally free of pressure now he's won a major he's just back from the, his quarantine and everything there's no reason why he has to play well there's no reason why he has to play 
badly. Or, you know, he can, he can miss the cut. That's fine. Um, yeah, it's, I was going to say, the thing is with Hideki, he's going to go one of two ways, I think, now, isn't he? It's kind of that. That's enough, and he, he'll always dine out on being the first Japanese major um, men's major winner. Yeah, and and he won the Masters, so he doesn't he doesn't have to do anything else. Yeah, um, I don't know how how's how's he done at the Open in general. I'm just looking at him. So he's had one tied six, one tied fourteen, one tied eighteen, but a fair few missed cuts, three missed cuts as well. So he doesn't, you know, that sort of lends itself to not performing great in the wind. And again, I know it's not going to be that, that windy over the weekend, but um, yeah, PGA but I think Championship. It, I feel like it's just the idea of wind. If somebody tells you there's going to be gusts, um, it's just that kind of yeah. If somebody, whether that plays on your mind or whether that gets into your into your head. Um, what, I mean, so, if you think about just like just quickly, who what who who sort of competed at the end. So you've got you have Rory McIlroy won it in 2012. You had David Lynn, uh, one shot back. Then Keegan Bradley, Ian Poulter, Justin Rose, Carl Pettersson, um, uh, just a further shot. And then you have guys like Jamie Donaldson, Peter Hansen, Steve Stricker. So you've got a complete like gamut of different players. Keegan Bradley, great tee to green, terrible putter. Rory at that stage could do pretty much everything. Poulter, you would say, is kind of he's a flusher when he starts going. Yeah. He's not a long hitter. Justin Rose at that stage was not long. He got longer after this point. Jamie Donson, a bit of a plodder. Steve Stricker, not long. He's just good putter. So it's quite interesting, actually. A lot of these guys are, what I would say, sort of tee to green specialists in terms of, you know, never get themselves into too much trouble. They're not the longest players on tour, yeah, certainly I mean, back in 2012. Other than, yeah, other so Rory. I, I looked at this. So Keegan Bradley was 15th in the world in the week before. So week yeah. getting into it. Rory was three. Um Justin Rose was in the top ten, so there's you know pretty good players. Poulter's was thirtieth, um, and yeah, and but then you kind of yeah the others like Carl Pedersen I think was top fifty, top yeah, so he was top forty. David Lynn was just inside the top one hundred, and actually um, he didn't play uh, six weeks for the six weeks leading up to it because he was protecting his um, his world <laughs> ranking. Oh, um, so he Aaron, was, Aaron Reiser, yes, which is what which what we were discussing beforehand. Aaron Rye hasn't played for, for he hasn't <laughs> played since Kenya um, to stay. I think he's eighty ninth in the world. But if he if he'd played on the European Tour, Aaron Rye in the last few weeks, he would have needed to finish top fifteen to get enough OWGR points to stay in the top one hundred and, and get this position. So yeah, so David Lynn um, was ninety eighth in the world leading in the week before, but I think he'd got in a couple of weeks before. Um, so he hadn't played, and so it, it's not necessarily that they these weren't guys that necessarily came from anywhere. But it was a once the weather got up, it was a kind of I think it was a, a course that suited suited the Europeans who I guess we would traditionally say grew up playing in the wind and and were slightly more used to the the hardened conditions. I think. Yeah. Blake Adams, who was tied seventh, I think, in twenty twelve. Um, I've no idea who he is. I, I don't, like I've never encountered that. No, I'd never. I've got to say, I saw him earlier. I was like, uh, yeah. Apparently, he's been on a PGA tour for eleven years. He was a hundred and sixty first in the OWGR leading into that week in in twenty twelve. He's uh, played in two major championships. Tied twenty first. At the US Open, a tied seventh of the PGA Championship, so he's obviously oh. a big game hunter, isn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Uh, oh, interestingly, Anthony Wall was one place above him in the the world rankings uh, nine years ago. There you are. Um, okay. But of course, that was August time as well um, when that was played, which might make a bit of a difference, I guess. Just kind of kind of one of those funs. Do do you think rangefinders and the ability for the players to use rangefinders is going to make a difference? Do you think it's going to speed up play? No, I think the only difference it's going to make is I reckon so. I'm going to say it now. I reckon someone's going to get disqualified for using the slope by mistake, <laughs> not realizing they've used it. <laughs> and I'd love it to be Omar Uresti. <laughs> yeah, yeah, club good club professional Omar Uresti with over 300 starts on the, the PGA and Corn Ferry tours. Um, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm I'm well. I'm intrigued to see how it goes. I'm also surprised. I've not been inundated by kind of adverts and social media things about rangefinders. Like I'm I'm really surprised like Bushnell or Precision Pro or the other one, um the other company, um, haven't kind of been mentioning it. I think that's kind of yeah, strange. Yeah, I uh, it, it's gonna be fascinating to see whether it's gonna make a difference or not. I, I I think the idea in principle is good but um we're still gonna have caddies, we're still gonna take ages talking about everything and yeah. it doesn't does it really slow down the round? I think the slowest part of the round is when they're on the green, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, once they've worked out a yardage, they're pretty good. Unless it's blowing a lot, and then obviously sometimes there's some talk around that. But I don't really mind that. Um, yeah, it's the time on the green. That's where the that's where the main issues uh, issues lie, isn't it? I think. But yeah, look, hey, it's yeah, bringing the game into the 21st century is what you and I are using when we go out and play. So, you know, nice nice to see them using it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Indeed, a uh, couple of interesting tidbits while we're kind of working through. So, uh, Will Zalatoris has been seen playing a practice round with Ryder Cup captain Steve Strecker, Ryder Cup captain, assistant captain Zach Johnson, and uh, Phil Mickelson, who I guess is just kind of around that now. And probably won't go in. So, they're uh, they're checking out the. Uh, the European Tour and Corn Ferry Tour member, Will Zalatoris. Uh, yeah, look, I, he's not even a PGA Tour member, so he's not even eligible, is he? Oh, uh, yeah, he's Ryder fine. Cup? Yeah, I think he's... he's oh, a I thought... Because he, PGA Tour have no interest in the Ryder Cup. There's no financial interest, so they they don't stop. Um, it's, you don't have to be a PGA Tour member. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I, I thought, because he wasn't a fully-fledged PGA... It was only when he was a fully-fledged PGA Tour member that he could be eligible. No, no. Well, I, they've definitely got to look at him. They've definitely got to look at him just how well he's been playing. I think he, I think he, he missed a cut didn't he the other week, mm-hmm. um, but he got back into the top twenty machine that he was that he is uh, this past week. Yeah? And the other person they probably need to have a little look at is is Sam Burns, who obviously um, followed up his win at Quail Hollow a couple of weeks ago um, with uh, not Quail Hollow, sorry, where did he win? The one before um, uh, Quail Hollow because that was obviously Rory. But Sam Burns won a couple of weeks ago and turned up and finished second uh, this past week um, at the Byron Nelson. And he obviously played pretty well at uh, Riviera, didn't he? He was leading through three, three rounds, yeah. if I remember rightly. So they've got some really sort of interesting young players they need to keep an eye on that perhaps could could get their way into contention if they carry on the good form. Yeah, I think, yeah, so Sam Burns and, and Zal Torres are both inside the top 20 of the American rankings. Yeah. I think it's I think it's really interesting that Steve Stricker has kept six captain's picks. So there's six automatic qualifiers. Um, 
and it just feels like somebody who is going to be like eighth or ninth qualifier and is not a nice person or doesn't get along with people will get overlooked for others. Um, yeah. I mean, Patrick Reed is the kind of leaning, leading contender <coughs> for, for something like that. But yeah, there will be others. But yeah, Sam Burns is, is a birdie machine. He, yeah. yeah. Well, if they set it up easy, I think he's he could be well there. Yeah. He's a, he's he will he'll drop shots and he'll he'll make mistakes, but in a match play situation, yeah, four ball um, he'd be great. Yeah, they, um, yeah, I mean he, so he's, he won the Valspar, was like the Valspar won the Valspar second at the ATT in Byron Nelson, was third at the Genesis. Yeah, you know, he's having a pretty. Yeah, I think he's yeah he's he's had more leads after a round whenever he's than anybody else this season. I think yeah. he's like he's had five thirty six hole leads, so he's. He's playing some pretty good golf, so that's he's, um, he's, that's done, a, he's done well. Started the year in one hundred and sixty third. He's now yeah. currently thirty sixth. Um, and uh, Bones, Jim Bones Mackay is um, caddying this week, um, so he's he's stepping in um, to carry the bag of Max Homer yeah. um, at the PGA Championship because Max Homer's caddy has qualified for the US Amateur Four Ball at Chambers Bay. Yeah, yeah, I heard um, that. Yeah, so that's a kind of fun one. So the US Amateur Four Ball is, as you would imagine, it's better ball between a pair. Um, won by Cole Hammer um, of Walker Cup fame uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. But yeah, um, so he's he's off to play that. Which I is, could see Homer playing well this week. I mean, he's got bones on the the bag. Yeah. He'll, he'll be quite steady in hand. I think I feel like uh, bone like bones seems to be popping up and filling in for. He filled in for Matt Fitzpatrick yeah, when yeah, yeah. his caddy was stuck in the UK. I, th- I think he did. He win one of the WGCs with Justin Thomas last yeah, year. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I think that's right. So like, he, he, yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty experienced caddy. He's not looking for a regular bag. You know, he's not looking to carry a bag regularly anymore. He's quite happy with his TV work. But you know, if you've got somebody that you need to fill in for a major championship, it's pretty good. Pretty good pretty help nice for, to go, right? for a guy who's played like Homer's top twenty in Ryder Cup standings, top twenty in the FedEx Cup, um, top fifty in the world is a pretty yeah, yeah. That's, that's a pretty easy guess. Yeah, he's he's fortieth. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. I I mean, I, I mean I, we spent we spent the first fifteen minutes saying nobody outside the top thirty could win this. And then we've just talked up Sam Burns yeah. is thirty six. <laughs> Will Zaldor is his thirtieth, so he's well, I, and I think this I think you I mean it's like all, all majors, you kind of I think the, the the winners tend to look after themselves and I, we've got a pretty long track record now of I forget who's like the longest shot to win a major. It's probably I've got Hideki's probably one of the longest shots to win a major um in recent years. Um I try and think he what was he was like he was like mid twenties or something when he won. Yeah, he was he was thirties to one. Twenty, yeah. So he was twenty fifth in the world when he won. So, so I, I sort of struggled to see anybody outside of that, like you said, outside the big guns to, to win. However, I do think like, I do think there are opportunities for people to play well. I like, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by um, Charles Charles Schwartzel, um, who seems to be playing some half decent golf recently. Could he? You know, can I think he ended up finished type of third this last weekend. Mm. Um, could he do anything? Uh, for example, um, 
you know, Bob McIntyre, you know, what's he, how's he going to fare? You know, he's been playing pretty well thus far in, in some, of his, some of the majors he's turned up to. He seems to have the game. Sergio, we haven't talked about him much recently. Again, you know, he's been striking the ball great. Stuart Sink. You know, there's loads of really interesting stories. I think this could be one of the weeks whereby somebody big will win it, but I actually think there'll be a couple of guys that um, crop up out of nowhere. I think Victor Perez needs a good week. He seems to be a bit quiet recently. I haven't seen much of him. Again, I'm interested about Tommy Fleetwood. I don't think this is a course for Matt Fitzpatrick. Daniel Berger played really well this last week. Um, yeah, can he translate that court, translate that over? It's, it's just really interesting. I think golf's in a really interesting space. I don't think any of these guys will necessarily win, but I think it's fascinating. We already talked about your favourite, Sunjay. Oh, yeah, Sunjay Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think as you say, is if this is the, if you're a golf fan and you you and you will watch professional golf and you'll watch majors, it's a really interesting time for golf because, the, yeah, there are, you know, Dustin Johnson's the number one in the world, Justin Thomas is two and, and John Ram is three and, and you can kind of go through it and go, yeah, they're, they're all very good golfers. But actually, when you get to an event like this, there is nobody that jumps out. There's, there's not four guys where you think, right, it's one of them. Where, and, but then for casual fans, that's not really what they want. They want to be able to kind of write as Tiger or and Phil, or it's Tiger and VJ. Yeah. Um, or it's, you know, Luke Donald might be the world number one, but Roy McElroy is, is the coming force. So I think there's, yeah, there's there's a, a need. If you want to bring in casual fans, you need the guys that, that move the needle to be interesting. And, and so having Spieth playing pretty well over the last few weeks and having Rory win recently is really good for... Yeah. Bringing in people that might otherwise, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, there's a really good opportunity where I think golf missed out on this a little bit coming out of lockdown with like Morikara wins and some of the other majors last year. Yeah, there's an opportunity that if somebody can, somebody can do a pretty decent job of getting their name into into the minds of, of casual fans with a win this week. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you three three questions this week. I want to know who you think is going to win. I want to. Th- do you think who's most likely to win their first major here this week? And then I kind of want to top. Let's say top ten from someone outside of the. I don't know top, top forty in the world. Uh, okay. Top. Yeah. I'm doing this um, off the cuff. I've literally just. No, no, it's fine. I'm. I think Rory's going to win. Okay. Nice. Like I, I, I can't. There's a, there's an interesting thing that I. I've, read earlier and I have read and I need to revisit um, um, on the fried egg about somebody coming to terms with their adoration of Rory McIlroy without you know they're not a, they're not a big sports fan they can't quite comprehend why they feel such affection for Rory McIlroy and I yeah. I know that we're both Northern Irish so that is plays a big part in it but I can't I can't I have this affection for Rory McIlroy that that transcends that a little bit I think yeah. and, and it's a bit more and it's a bit obsessive so but he just looked so much more comfortable at Quail Hollow in the press and everything. And I, I think fans being back would be big for him. I think having some of the press back there, like the BBC correspondent Ian Carter is flying out to Kiowa. There's guys going down who haven't been at tournaments in, in 15 months or so who will be there this week at the PGA Championship. And I think that will bring a familiarity to proceedings and, and relax him. So I think, I think Rory's going to win. Yeah. I'm convincing. So I think John Ram has probably got the best chance of winning his first major. Yeah. Um he uh has won the Irish Open twice, which and 
I don't think either year was particularly tricky conditions, but it's still Ireland, it's still a bit breezy, and it's still a bit, and it's that kind of course. I think he's got the game. I think he's played pretty consistently for a long time now, um, and kind of it has been all right. He was fine at the Byron Nelson. It wasn't. I think it was a 10, 10 12 under total, and kind of yeah. top. Well, top once he got rid of Sun Kang after the first two rounds, he was all right. Yeah, he was fine. Um, Sun, but Sun Kang was the defending champion, so he's got to get he's going to get bundled in with with yeah. Ram and Matsuyama. Did you hear? Did you hear him falling out with Ram though? No, no. What happened there? Yeah. So Sun Kang's got a, an annoying habit on the greens, whereby he he practices putting straight whilst the others are about to putt, uh, okay. but he does it a little bit too close and in their eye line. Uh. So so towards the towards the yeah. end of I don't know if it's the day one or day two. Ram was about to take his putting stroke. Sun Khan's doing his like his practice stroke in his eye line, and he stops. He went seriously, <laughs> seriously, uh, okay. calls him out on it. Um, but yeah, no, I, okay, I like that. I mean, yeah, Ram's but... been, I mean, Ram's been phenomenal since he's come become a pro. He's been a little bit dodgy since he's had a baby. Yeah, yeah, uh, you yeah. could you miss cut and a you know tied thirty five, and I say dodgy from. John Ram's point of view. Yeah, but I can no, see I, him I, ramping yeah, up the intensity. I, th- I think it, I can see him, yeah, coming out of it on Sunday, talking yeah. about how you know life has changed and perspectives and all of that, and, and just having a bit of fun. Yeah. My my David Lynn pick, so the the kind of love that David Lynn pick. Yeah, yeah, the the top one hundred kind of player. I I wanted to be Anton Wozner because I feel I I want I wanted to be like a European tour, not necessarily stalwart, but somebody that's just prove themselves in the European Tour, just popping over there and, and going, oh yeah, I can I can plug off. So I, 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 I've got three. So it's, it's either Anton Rosner, it's John Catlin, who admittedly is American. Oh, you but, just don't but, know about my, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, or Thomas Peters. I think yeah. um, it's this is just the kind of place where yeah, Thomas Peters is a, a very good golfer. He's just not quite right. And I think he works with Pete Cowan as well. And I just yeah, wonder he he's he and Rory are quite good friends, and I just wonder if there's something might kind of settle him. The residual um, Rory effect. Something along those lines yeah. of just feeling a bit calmed and and getting that. that yeah. So so I'll, I'll if I have to pick one of the three, I'll go with Peters yeah. because um, he's ninety fourth in the world, and that would be great. Well, so I, I mean, I, I'm going to echo your Rory pick. Um, I think for similar reasons. I think you probably will, I probably will go with him for one and done as well. Um, he he doesn't mind bunching up wins together as well. Yeah, you know, he's quite happy winning back to back to back. Yeah. Uh, whenever he plays, so confidence play, I think it'll be good. See, the fact that it's going to be relatively benign conditions. I know when he won, um, they had a lot of rain and the course was quite soft, so it's going to play a little differently. But still, I think he'll go in there with really positive memories, not only about his game today, but, but how we uh, how we last played when he played when when there was a major here. I think first time winner, I'm going Hovland. Um, he's just in great form. Uh, just top five machine uh, this season. Um, arguably, arguably the sort of most informed player uh, on the tour uh, alongside Spieth. Um, so I fancy him to break his duck most out of any of them. And then I, I looked at uh, John Catlin. And, and oh, did you? De- yeah, he's definitely on there. But the other person I'm going for is, is a former major winner. Um, who sort of shows up, shows up every once in a while, and, and tends to play pretty good in, in major events, uh, for the most part. Um, and that's uh, that's Martin Keimer. Mm. So um, yeah, he's he's been all right of late, I think. Yeah, so. he's played. He's done some half decent stuff on on the European tour. He's not been able to get it over the uh, 
over the hump, but he's had you know, I think four or five sort of top top tens in his last fifteen fifteen before, starts. Before we um before we move on to uh, rounding up the world of golf, just just to flag or just to note um, that the European qualification um, for the Ryder Cup has changed as of this week. So um, any point. Any race to buy point earned from now until September is worth two. Yeah. So where previously it was one point five. So this is a uh, we're Richard now into Blanc's that series. Absolutely shafted. Though. Yeah. Uh, so it's from <laughs> Wednesday the twelfth. So I think he's all right. He's Richard Bland got double points for last oh, he week. Got his, oh, his win at the British Masters. But it be, I think it effectively means any like if Roy finishes top ten, if Ram finishes top ten, if Hatton, Fleetwood. Even Westwood, I think, finish top ten. They're they're more or less in. They can start kind of planning themselves around going to uh, to Whistling Straits. Um, so yeah, so it, we're now into kind of a big shift in points and a and a kind of a big move. I reading down through the American one. I think there uh, theirs doesn't quite change yet. I think it's um, another few weeks before they start kind of adding on extra points on those yeah well, as, I think as we, we kind of know who their top six is pretty much going to be it's the intrigue with them is going to be with the other six and as you say they're going to pick a couple of um, loose cannons like Patrick Reed or uh, yeah some of these young guns are coming through so I'm I, I'm not I'm not entirely convinced that their strategy is going to be a good one necessarily but uh, hey look I think try if- something I think it's good. It, yeah, it's going to end up fracturing more than it helps because there's going to be there's going to be somebody overlooked in the top. But I think it's particularly if you're in a, in the top nine and you get yeah. overlooked, where you would have caught have qualified automatically, or is it top eight? But I think there'll be some residual effect. Yeah, for sure. I, whether it affects this particular event, but I think the and actually, if win if they win, it probably won't affect it. But if say they do pick outside or you know they don't pick Patrick and he's seventh or eighth um, yeah. and then they go on to lose that's gonna be yeah, you just better win basically yeah 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 uh, it's on the ladies European tour which kicked off last week and, and we forgot to mention it which was on the running schedule and we, we thought we'd keep it tight uh, Leanne Pierce won the uh, South African women's open with a two over total looked like a tough weekend um, yeah. for the for the women there. Um, the LPGA has got uh, Bronte Law's defending champion this week at the Pure Silk Championship in Williamsburg, which should be fun. 24-year-old, I think that was her first win um, on the LPGA tour last year. Uh, oh, last year, 2019, um, when she won. Yeah. And it will be a, an interesting one. They are they're kind of ramping up. So they've got uh, the week this week. There's the uh, match play next week, and then it's the U.S. Women's Open um, in San Francisco in a couple of weeks, which will be fun. Um, and as we've alluded to, Richard Bland um, won for the first time on the European Tour after a 20-year career in a playoff against uh, Guido Migliotti, um at the Belfry. Uh, pretty, pretty phenomenal uh, final round. I think he was six under for the final round to charge back some of the leaders. Um, couldn't quite um, match his score, and then he he won the playoff. But yeah. yeah, pretty pretty touching scenes and and quite fun scenes. I think at the end to watch uh, Bland and his coach Tim Barter, who works for Sky Sports, uh, trying to trying to have a conversation and trying to do an interview when they were both pretty yeah. excited. Yeah, 
you know, with tears flowing. I mean, he, he just played phenomenal golf. He it was a obviously finished on Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday uh, event, and um, he just he just played great on the Saturday in what were the most challenging conditions. And he's not the longest hitter in the world. He's pretty straight and accurate, and um, he just he just put on a stripe show on Saturday afternoon and that putt he held in, in regulation uh, birdie putt in regulation sort of good 30 odd feet mm-hmm. um, was was pretty impressive and then uh, yeah, Guido Migliozzi's probably got 30 35 40 yards um, further distance with the, with the driver uh, I hit a much better drive on the first but just uh, just on the first playoff hole but um, couldn't couldn't get it done and it was um, extremely good par from uh, from Bland and I think it was his first win in 478 starts I think it was just a, mm-hmm. yeah just a great a great um, finish and it was interesting he was I heard him talking on uh, one of the golf channels programs I saw a clip on Twitter earlier on um, he he played England boys with uh, with Lee Westwood oh, that's, really? how, that's how old he is yeah so oh, wow. it's quite interesting Lee still feels quite young to a certain degree um, but like just a great a great career and you know, capping off, he, he's basically just sort of been milling time before trying to trying his uh, his hand on the Champions Tour in a couple of years. Now he's got a European Tour card sewn up for a couple of years. Uh, nice bit of money in the bank too, and just a great event. I, I really enjoyed it. You, you know, I'm not I'm not going to let you go without um, talking about Adrian Adrian Maronk uh, finishing with a tie for third. Another great week for him. He's been he's been in some really really good form. Uh, over the last uh, few weeks, obviously, also tied for third out in one of the um, uh, Canary events as well, Canary Island events. So, very good. Uh, I think it's moved him up to like 30 something, uh, mm-hmm. 34th on the race to Dubai. So, a great, great news for him. He's clearly feeling at home. I had a couple of messages with his coach, um, uh, and uh, they're just over, over the moon with how he's been playing, how he's progressing, and, and still competing. So, um, yeah, it's good. Good signs. I think it's a really good signs for some some really young talent. Callum Hill again, another really good week. I know some of you uh, you highlighted too. Mm-hmm. Richard Mansell made another cut, made some more cash. I know he didn't have the weekend he wanted, but he started off very well. First yeah, Richard Richard Mansell played pretty well first two days and was kind of there thereabouts and, and stuttered. But yeah, I the thing I'm I'm interested in for like Adrian and and Richard and, and others is there. There's not a reshuffle or there's not anything. At any point in the European tour season, is there? Because they don't think so. Yeah, we get we've got another three or four weeks. We've got the, there's a, the Maiden Denmark or Maiden Him- Himmerland and the European Open and Scandinavia. But then it feels like when we get to when we get to the Irish Open and Scottish Open, these guys who are top forty, top fifty in the race to Dubai, um, yeah, it'd be nice to see their priority kind of improve to play in those fields as well. Yeah, um, and be rewarded for the for the season they're having well, I think he will I think he'll get into the Rolex events won't he if he's in there'll be a cut off point at some stage but uh, oh yeah. yeah yeah that's true um, um, I yeah. think that's the main thing right so I think if he if someone like Adrian can get into the Rolex series events those sorts of golf courses will suit him quite well because you know, he's just he's very solid tee to green and depending on obviously how solid he is around and on the greens mm. detects that what he plays but um I think that's yeah. that's the aim for these guys. Just try and get into those big ticket events because once you're in the big ticket events, you earn more money. Uh, more money there means better fields, means more OWGR points, and and obviously then you try and jump, get into that top sixty in the world, and then you're in the WGC. So it's um step by step process, but no, it's just it's just really heartening to see it, isn't it? Some of the guys that we 
we highlighted and you know you and I sort of text about during the week it's just nice to see them performing well and yeah I don't really know Adrian that well at all I just have two two direct links into him one's his mindset coach and uh, the other's his actual coach Um, I think that's just it you kind of we we were looking through and picking out players that we were excited by or were interested in and we've got Marva Gancliffe who missed the cut at the British Masters but is 31st in the race by uh, Adrian Moronka is 32nd and, and Callum Hill's 23rd like they've, they're all on course to retain their cards if they can follow this up and, and kind of weather the I said weather, weather major season where some of us will have maybe some more opportunities to win bigger cash but yeah that's the I guess yeah that's the first thing the first priority is retain your cards get into the DP World Tour Championship and, and be able to, to plan a schedule so yeah yeah good stuff yeah, um, I awesome. think that's I think that's generally us. Um, we were gonna, I was gonna start asking you about some of the club professionals qualified for the PGA Championship, but I feel like we've we've gone on a little bit more. The only yeah. one to the only one we wanted to call out was Joe Summerhays, who um, his brother is Daniel Summerhays, who he lost in a playoff in his final professional event before retiring, and but he's Tony Finau's coach, so I'm sure he's fine for cash monies um, if he's uh, on a decent decent percentage. Of I don't know how Tony wins. feels about that this week though. Is that good for Tony or bad for Tony? Although well, I suppose you're, he probably won't do too much, too much coaching. Yeah, the coach's brother is there. I don't know. I am. Um, I I think I take the Padre Carrington mentality with weeks like this. That if you're searching for something on the range, um, you know, really searching, then it's it's not ideal. It's too late. Yeah, but if you if you're just looking for a tweak or two, or just want to have a chat with Pete Cowan, then that's that's okay by me. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, yeah, here's to uh, here's to Kiwa. Play well at Hadley Wood on Friday, Ben. And, uh, and you enjoy the old course, buddy. Yeah, will do. All right, thanks. Cheers. Bye bye.